welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. You know, I've had a bit of an odd question, odd thought, crazy thought perhaps in my head for some time now. And that question is, what is church? Now, it may sound obvious, but I've been thinking, what should church look like? What should church be like? And in life, I've learned that if you're looking for life's answers, the place to look is actually not Wikipedia, is actually the Word of God. So without any further ado, I want to just dig right into the Word just now and just start to read a couple of uh, verses. So let me just read this to you. This is from Romans 15, 5 to 7. May the God who gives endurance, patience, and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And then Jesus, before all that, he summarized it perfectly well when he gave a commandment to his disciples. He said, love one another then, just as I have loved you. And I know neither of these verses explicitly say what church is, but I do believe it answers my question of what is church. Let me explain. If you ask Joe Bloggs in the street, what is church? Or if you look in a movie and there's a church scene in that movie, church will be depicted as a big, grand building, architecturally um, fantastic. Or maybe church will be viewed as a religious ceremony that is only available to the ordained. Or maybe church is portrayed as for only for special occasions, for funerals, for Christmas, for weddings. Or maybe church is viewed as nothing more than a part of our cultural history where we have only a few valued relics and artwork remaining. Or maybe church is less about the what and more about the who. Where maybe church is where his people gather, where his people help the broken, where his people bring light to the darkness, where lost lives are restored, where community is built around hope. Church is far more than the building that we gather in, far more than a religious ceremony or a cultural experience like going to a museum. Church is quite simply a body of imperfect people, that's us, gathering together wherever but together to worship our perfect Savior and to love and to serve one another. I do love this church. I honestly do. I think the Gate Church International, there is something special in this church. I love it for its diverse gatherings of individuals. We have different people from different walks of life. We have different cultures, different backgrounds, different nations, all different people. We have the young and old here. We have black and white. We have fat and thin. Don't put your hand up. We have people with hair and without hair. We have people from all different walks of life with different careers. People with, who are gardeners, artists. We have plumbers and joiners. We have solicitors, doctors. We even have dentists in this church. Now, I know that's hard to believe. That how could God love dentists? But yes, we have dentists. I can say that because Jeff and Jill are not here. But each of us, each in this, in this room, are uniquely equipped with valued gifts, with incredible talents. We're all different. We are all unique. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. 
and yet we are all the same. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all children of the living God. In Romans 8.15, it says, the spirit we receive has brought about our adoption to sonship. The spirit we have received has has brought about our adoption to sonship. The Greek word used to describe this adoption to sonship means to have full legal standing. Sisters, uh, sons and daughters of God have full legal standing. And this spirit we have received, we carry an unprecedented level of authority as we walk in this world. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Thanks, Brian. So, Paul has mentioned already that him and I were in Kenya last month. In fact, a month today, we were just flying back home. And I was, this picture here you see here, Harry Droop on the left from Loch Tay, him and I were at this little village meeting a family. That tin shed behind you is not where they store their car or where they store the lawnmower. That is their house where they, where they have five or six people. And these were, this family was regarded as quite a wealthy family because they had a small patch of land to grow maize. But when I was there, the guy standing next to me, he gave me this object. Fantastic, I said. I always wanted a Krispy Kreme donut holder. I thought I could have my chocolate there and maybe my fudge down at that side. Oh, fan, thank you so much. Until he explained to me what it was. And of course, it's a stool. And yes, you are meant to sit on it. There you go. So, Explain to me the purpose and meaning behind this stool. This stool is given to the elder of the village. And this stool, the elder walks around carrying this stool with him. And as he walks from village to village, from community to community, he will meet other elders from other villages. And they will sit down in the little stools in a circle and discuss and negotiate and come up with agreements between the various villages. And if someone was carrying this stool and, was a, and could be identified by this stool, because this stool signified that this person carrying the stool was of importance, that he had generational significance, that the guy carrying the stool, he actually had the authority of his village. And this is the same for us because of what Jesus did for us and our faith in him. We carry with us an authority to represent the Father's interests in this world, to break, to break down strongholds, to bring hope to the broken, to bring healing to the, to, the, uh, to, the, to the broken, to bring light to the darkness. This Christian mission is not meant to be undertaken on our own as, as individuals, but rather as a collective, as a church. It says in Romans, again, we are one body in union with Christ. We are all joined together to each other as different parts of one body. The Amplified Version describes a little bit further, saying that we are all connected, we are all dependent on one another. The Kenyan elder carrying the stool, he carried the authority of the village, but he was also equally responsible for its people. He was responsible for the best interests of his people. So our Christian service to Christ, our coming to church, is only part of our responsibility. We have a responsibility to one another. 
because we are the church. And this responsibility is really quite a simple ask. And I think John in 1 John 4 really describes what this responsibility is all about, what this ask is all about. So let me read to you from John 4, 7 to 8. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And I think this is excellent direction, important instruction, invaluable guidance for us all to ponder and absorb. But church, if I'm really brutally honest, there is a small spanner in the works there, if you will, and maybe a tiny fly in the ointment that, well, this loving one another stuff is, quite frankly, easier said than done. Although when we accept Christ into our lives, we become a new creation. We're being transformed from glory to glory. But unfortunately, the fact still remains we are all imperfect human beings, riddled with faults and flaws from top to bottom. And if you're sitting there thinking, nah, I'm not sure what my faults and flaws are, I would urge you to speak to a close friend, or better still, if you're married, to Ask your husband or wife who'll be delighted to sit you down for a number of hours and go through all your lists of faults and flaws and then remind you thereafter for the rest of your life. Maybe that's just my experience. Um, we're all imperfect. From time to time, we will let each other down. We will make mistakes. We will disappoint one another. We will oversell ourselves. We will underperform. We are not perfect, but we're on that transformational journey to be more like him, to be more like Jesus. And the differences that we celebrate, the differences that I mentioned earlier on, that make us, each of us, special as individuals, as God's children, can often be the very reason that we give ourselves as an excuse for not loving our neighbor, our brother, or sister. We can occasionally mix up the meanings of unity with uniformity. We can take the stance or excuse that on the surface, there may be nothing really we have in common with another individual. And that is the reason we give ourselves for not connecting with that person. It's a bit awkward and comfortable hanging around with these kind of people, so it's actually easier just to avoid them altogether. Let me tell you, a wee story of one of my awkward moments in life where I chose to avoid somebody. And I know some of you will actually think less of me because of this story. Some of you might just touch and judge me because of this story. But you've got also to remember that I am also on a transformational journey from glory to glory, which means in practical terms that the me of today is better than the me of yesterday, and the me of tomorrow is going to be better than the me of today. And I hear an amen. Maybe it's from a wife. I don't know. Anyway, a number of years ago, I was on a training course. There was 15 of us invited on this course. Some days prior to the course, we were given an email of how we should prepare for this course. And as part of that email thread, there was a strict dress code. We were to dress in business casual, which me 